It's time for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi. Everyone has learned lessons in life during their lifetime. Some good, some bad. But from everyone, there has been something learned. And now it's time to share that knowledge. It's called Paying It Forward. Here, these lessons learned are then paid forward to you. With you, Paying It Forward too. Josephine put her professional career on hold after the birth of her first child and turned her attention to being a full-time mother. Well, three kids later, Josephine started her own company, MyMomKnowsBest.com and Glovies, but was dismayed by a lack of information that people would share to help entrepreneurs be successful. That's where Paying It Forward was born. This is Paying It Forward on Triggynet.com. And now, here's your host, Josephine Jirasi. Well, good morning, everyone. It's Josephine here, and boy, we're going to have a great show today. It's going to be a lot of fun. I was talking to um, another host on Toginet, and many of my listeners know Blythe Lippman, who is the host of Baby and Toddler Instructions, and of course, she has her fabulous, fabulous book, um, Baby and Toddler Instructions, and um Life came up with a great idea for our show today, and I thought it was great. So I did a little bit of research, and the topic of today's show is what not to do in business. So we're going to have a great show with lots of business tips with my many years of business experience and Blight's many years of business experience and all the entrepreneurs that we both have interviewed, and I know... We're going to hear about some great tips from uh, that Blythe actually learned from her grandfather. And boy, I did some research this morning. So we have lots of information and things to tell you about what not to do in your business. So with that, I'd like to welcome Blythe Lippman from, to Paying It Forward. Good morning, Blythe. Good morning. How are you, Harry? Is it raining in New York for change? You know what? It is <laughs> raining, Blythe. It's raining where I am, and uh, it's kind of funny. I was very happy to see the snow leave us because it was just here only two weeks ago, if you can imagine. But what came, what came when the snow left was an, an extremely high count of pollen. And I have to tell you, Blythe, I never had allergies in my life, but this pollen has been causing migraine headaches that I never had in my life. And um, it's quite interesting, but I'm happy to report that I don't have a migraine today. So we're going to have an incredible show. Well, be happy it's raining because it'll wash it away. You know, we have the same <laughs> thing here in Arizona. Everything's yellow from the oh, pollen wow. and I have a convertible that I love and I can't even put the top down because there's so much pollen everywhere but we don't get rain so maybe tomorrow you'll you won't have migraines anymore. <laughs> it sounds good. <laughs> so anyway, all right, Blythe. So I when we were talking, I thought it was a great idea. Let's do our show today on what not to do in business. And I did a little bit of research. I came up with a couple of articles and um what I thought I would do is let's start the show by talking about um, an article I had found. Let's see. This guy, John Oshner, was um, a really, really successful guy. He developed hundreds of consumer products and um, 
one of his products was an electric toothbrush that became America's best-selling toothbrush in just 15 months. Can you imagine this, Blythe? He created such a successful company that he sold it. Let's see. He sold it to um, Procter and Gamble for four hundred and seventy-five wow. million dollars. Oh was this the very first one? No, he had. Oh, he's fifty-seven years old. Well, this article was ten. Is ten years old. Um, isn't that amazing that we get to still learn from an article that's ten years old? Because these are all the lessons he learned in his business. Um, but Blythe, what an amazing guy. He he had um, the goal of trying to create a company that was perfect from start to finish, from conception of a product to actually getting it sold. And it seems like he's been quite successful. What do you think? Sure sounds like it. But wow, I would love to be in there and see what he did because nothing's perfect as we know. Yeah, no, it's crazy. So, all right, let's talk about the top three things. His mistake number one is failing to spend enough time researching the business idea to see if it's viable. So, this is really the most important mistake of all. What do you think about that, Blythe? I know um, maybe I'll just talk about my glovey stuff first, and then you could talk about, you know, bringing your book to the marketplace. How's that? I think that would that be a good one. That sounds great. Go ahead. Okay. So the first thing about researching your business, I have to tell you, the best thing about my Glovey's product is the fact that as a mom, at the time when I came up with the idea, I was just really trying to solve a solution to a problem. And I had said to myself, if I was experiencing this problem uh, of potty training in public places, as a mom with young kids, I knew that there were other moms out there that were doing the same thing. The thing is, I actually was doing my research every single day without even realizing it. So every day when I brought my kids to preschool, I mean, I had a four-year-old, I had a two-year-old and a newborn at the time. Um, I was meeting, seriously, there were 30 kids in each of my kids' classes. So that was 60 parents that I knew on a first-name basis that all knew about Glovies. And I would go to school like 10 minutes early, waiting for the kids to get out of school. And I'd wait in that hallway, and I'd run into a new parent every single day. And I'd always ask them, so tell me, what are your frustrations every time you take your child you know, who's potty training in public places. And that's how I conducted my research about my gloveys. And every mom said I would buy a product that would keep my kids safe from germs. And that's how the ball started to roll with gloveys. So that's my take on doing research. How about for yourself, Blythe? What did you do as far as research for your book? You know, it's interesting because I didn't realize, I mean, after the fact, I used to, I set up a lot of infant rooms and toddler rooms and preschools, and I used to work in the infant rooms as lead teacher many times, and I didn't realize that it was my R&D department, my research and development department, because you just do it, and as I stayed in the infant rooms and parents came in and every day somebody would say, my baby doesn't sleep or I can't get her to take a whole bottle or she doesn't like to be swaddled. I would give them some advice. 
And I didn't realize that that was the research. And what happened is when I wrote Help My Baby Came Without Instructions, it came from little Sophie, came to preschool the first day. She was five and a half months old, honest to goodness, true story, in her car seat. Uh -huh. And her mom, Bonnie, said to me, you have to help me. She's been sleeping in the car seat for five and a half months. And I said, well, what happens when she's in the crib? And she said she cries. Well, I have, I have specific things you can do so the baby feels comfortable in the crib. Because let's face it, they're used to a small space. And all of right. a sudden, they're in this big space. And honestly, I went home that night and I said, that's it. I'm writing the book. There needs to be a book that's in list form that if a mom asks questions, I can say, go to chapter three. There's 10 tips that will help you with this issue. And, I, and the title came up because I was taking a walk saying, what can I call if they need help? So I went help. There's no instructions. And that's how it was born. But I didn't realize wow. you know, that I was researching. And I just wonder, too, because this article you're talking about, I, I wonder if the male, we know the male mind is different. And that's for another show. But right. you know, I wonder if because, because their mind, their brains work a little differently, if they do it differently and they do set up the research differently then you know a woman goes wait a minute we can do this and I have been researching it you know you'll hear somebody say well I have to go do my due diligence and we're doing it all the time yeah that's what's so <laughs> different about us I think men are much more into the ratios the numbers and things like that we are hands-on and um, it's amazing many guests that I've had on my show a lot of them talk about the importance of knowing your target market and knowing your niche market. And that's us. You know, we are that we are the market. So <laughs> it's quite it's quite interesting, which brings me to mistake number two, according to this article. And I just want to give credit to this. Um, the person who wrote the article, it's Mark Henricks of Entrepreneur.com, and it's titled What Not to Do. So mistake number two is miscalculating market size, timing, ease of entry, and potential market share. Wow. I can tell you with Glovies, I have learned so much. It has been such a learning experience. I've enjoyed it. I would say 99% of the time, there's always that 1% that you're on a roller coaster. But um, I have to tell you, the market size for my Glovies product, I mean, Blythe, I have to tell you a funny story. I never imagined the market size to be as big as it is. And what's happening is I'm actually getting emails from customers who are using Glovies for such a variety of things that I never in a million years would have imagined. And um, I'll give you three examples. One is Earth Day, and Earth Day was yesterday, and my kids' school is calling it Earth Week. I had a nursery school buy an entire case of Glovies because they were going to have their children clean up the neighborhood wearing the Glovies. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and then Blythe, it was really exciting yesterday when I got an email with a picture of a little volunteer. She was probably about five or six years old wearing gloves as she was making Aww. food for the homeless. Aww. 
So that was really funny. And we're talking about market share. So who would have imagined that my market share would have been so large? And then the third thing is we have a local supermarket here called King Cullen. And I was picking up cold cuts for the kids for school. And I have to tell you, Blythe, the supermarket's really cool because I remember my girlfriend saying when the kids were young, you know, always go shopping at lunchtime at King Cullen because when they slice your cold cuts, they're feeding your kids at the same time. (laughs) So last night after we had soccer practice, it was kind of late. We were having a late dinner waiting for my husband to get home from work. So my kids were starving, you know, at 630. So we were getting the cold cuts and the guy behind the counter is handing over the cold cuts to my kids who were just so thrilled to get it. But meanwhile, Blythe, I was thinking in my head, how cool would that be if they gave the glovies to the kids to eat their cold cuts? Wow, that's a great idea. So another use for a market share. But anyway, with that, we will be right back with Paying It Forward. Hang in there, everyone. Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, right after these on toginet.com. Spirituality and wealth, are you keeping them separate? On the Spiritual and Wealthy Show, every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, Deborah Atian Wilson, known as the Intuitive Spiritual and Wealth Coach, enjoys kicking the old mindset to the curb that life needs to be spiritual or wealthy when you can actually be both. Listen to the only spiritual and wealthy show for Deborah's playful, practical bottom line, cutting-edge wisdom to help you create the life you want and the life that you deserve. What does prosperity mean to you? How do you feel about being wealthy? Deborah's spiritual and wealthy show is about thinking and feeling differently about prosperity and wealth and how they are one. By being more playful about the ideas of spirituality and wealth and not taking ourselves so seriously, the spiritual and wealthy show will support you through Deborah Atian Wilson's raw, authentic and tell it like it is trademark radio style. Heard every Wednesday here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Get ready to live la bella vita with Dawn Catherine on Toginet.com. Live la bella vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live la bella vita. For more on the show and your host, check out her website, LaBellaVitaCosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying a Wolfwood. The show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on toginet.com. Well, 
Welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here, and I have Blythe Lipman with us. So, Blythe, we were just talking about market share um, before we broke, and I was just giving some examples of how the market share of Glovies is much greater than I ever imagined. So, it's a lot, a lot of fun. So, tell me about your market share. Did you have to re? I'm sure you researched it to, you know, for your book. Tell us about that. You know what? I I sort of researched it. I know I sound like an idiot, but <laughs> I, sort, I, I sort of researched it, but I didn't. I mean, I wrote things down. But what I realized after my first book was out, you know, there was so much. Do I publish it? Do I self-publish it? Do I get a publisher? Anyway, I just did it because the more I, I worked at preschools, the more I saw the need for easy books. There's tons of great parenting books on the market, but they're not easy. And you know, you have three children when your baby's screaming, you want to fix it right now. And, you know, my books have, all my books have over 100 tips in them. But what I didn't realize, what it blossomed into is besides parents, I taught the teachers. I volunteered at one of, we have a uh, homeless shelter here for pregnant women. And I would teach the caregivers and the moms how to take care of babies and give them books. Oh, how and, nice. and I and I would go to some conferences and I was the keynote speaker a couple times because I didn't realize it would blossom into such a big thing. I mean, yes, we're having, you know, it's an evergreen and hopefully moms will never stop having babies. But I didn't realize how much the uh, preschools needed some of the tips, too, because and it's funny because in a preschool room, I mean, you can have eight babies, you can have 10 babies, see. The ratio here is two teachers to 10 babies, which is a lot and way too much. And, you know, you have four babies crying at the same time. What do you do? How do you do it? So it really did blossom into things that I didn't realize when the first book came out. You know, it's so funny, Blythe, I've said several times on my show over the years that I know for myself, I mean, I started a couple of businesses over the past 20 some odd years. And every time we, you know, if I had a partner or did it by myself, I would always say, wow, it's amazing how when you start a business, no matter how far back you look, whether or forward you look, whatever you imagined your business to be, let's say in six months or a year, it's so funny how you can come to a crossroads and your business can take on an entirely new direction. So I think it's quite interesting how that happens and how important it is to be flexible that if your business should change, like if your market shares should change, so what? Embrace it, research it, go out and see how you can get that new market. So that's no, what I that's think. that's the key. That's the key to it. It's the flexibility because also I know, you know, for both of us, social media has changed so much. And oh gosh. I know when my, when my book first came out, the very first book that I self-published, social media was not, Facebook was not the big thing. Twitter was not the big thing. LinkedIn, you know, Pinterest, all of those. And it's changed so much, and I think it's really helped our businesses because you can reach more people that you don't know, and it, you don't have to be at the grocery store, and you can be in other states and reach all these people, plus the websites. You know, look how the websites have changed and the bloggers. I mean, so much has changed. Flexibility, you're so right. Flexibility is the name of the game when you have a business. 
I think that's important. So mistake number three in this article is something that um, I believe we've talked about on, on a, a show last year. When you were on my show last year, Blythe, I know we had talked about this. The idea of underestimating financial requirements and timing in order to run your business. And I don't know about you, Blythe, but when I first started my business, boy, I was gung-ho to buy brand new office supplies, a brand new desk, brand new phone, brand new everything. Before you know it, I wanted to get an office out of the home. (laughs) I mean, all of this crazy stuff that looking back on everything, the fact that I kept my office in the home has helped. I mean, right now that my business is ready to boom, I'm seriously considering moving it out of the home. But the idea is... I guess what I'm trying to say is it's so much better to walk than run in the beginning. Take your time spending your finances because you always need so much more than you ever, ever imagined. Oh, yeah. Is that, you really, you is really that what do. happened I mean, it's with the you? Same thing. It's the same thing with books. <clears throat> Since I self-published my first book, I didn't realize that I had to buy paper and it comes in colors and it comes in weights. And each weight changes the price of the book. And you need X amount of dollars. And the more you print, the less it costs. And the same thing. And I wanted my office. And I have to say what I learned, too. It's so important to have a great space to work in that makes you feel comfortable and happy and whatever it is. I mean, I've always wanted a fountain in my office because I'm a water person. I I still don't have one because it, it always makes me laugh. I think I could take the money to buy that fountain to be calming in my office. And do X, Y, and Z business-wise, which is funny. So you have to, it does cost more than you think. And you have yeah. to weigh your options. What's important? What's yeah, important? That's... Now, what makes you feel good when you walk in your office and, it's, and even feel good? What's going to make you the most productive? And sometimes, Blythe, the most important things that make you happy don't cost money. For me personally, my office needs a lot of sunlight. And I have my office situated, you know, on the side of my house, in the corner of my house with sliding doors leading out to my deck. But I have to tell you, the sunlight is the most important thing for me. It just brightens my day and, you know, helps me be a little more creative, I think. You know, and it's all personal because you had a guest on your show and they were talking about Ben Feng Shui and about how you shouldn't have your desk facing the wall. Oh yeah. And it's funny because after your show I after your show I tried to turn my desk around and it didn't work for me. I didn't like it because my office then faces the closet <laughs> and my wall has pictures of my family and things that I make me feel good. So it didn't work for me. So it has to be personal, sunlight, walls, whatever it is that makes you feel good and be productive. <laughs> that's so funny. So that's true. I, I have to tell you that woman, that feng shui woman, um, Amy Wittig was her name. Gosh, I have to tell you, I thought she she nailed feng shui. And uh, when I redid my office, now that you brought it up, it, it's very interesting how if you just move a few things around, it really can uh, create creativity within yourself. So quite interesting. You know what? One of the best tips, one of the best tips from your show, and I try to do this all the time. I'm not always successful is that you should only have on your desk what you're working on. 
And I'll never forget that because it's true. And when I can, when I can accomplish that for me, and it's good for everybody because you know mm -hmm. we see our desks sometimes, at least mine. There's papers all over, and I'm organized. And that tip that I learned from your guest was great. Yeah, that's so funny. I remember that guest. That guest was Sharon Michaels of Sharon Michaels and Associates. I have to tell you, she was she was so she had such amazing tips. Um, Blythe, and that was one, don't work in a messy area. So that's a great tip of what not to do at work. Don't work in a messy area. But you know what she told me off air that I thought was great? She said, you should have a separate little computer stand just for your laptop and always keep that clear. You know, and I really went to Staples and I paid like $40 for this computer stand. But I have to tell you, she convinced me it will change your life and it did. So what happens is I, no matter what, have an empty desk at all times. And then my main big desk will have, you know, my pile of projects that I'm working on, my things to do and all of that stuff. So I'm glad you brought that up, but that was a really good tip. Okay. I like folders too. They make really pretty flowery folders and that makes me happy if I can have folders and know where things are. But yeah, she was a great guest. Yeah, she was very good. So, all right. I found another article this morning that I thought would be good for our topic of what we're talking about. So, this article is from fastcompany.com. It was written by Les Collagen and... Um, it is titled, What Not to Do When Growing Your Company from a CEO Who's Done Just That. So I thought this was interesting. Their number one tip, and Blythe, this is so important, do not rush the hiring process. Boy, that think, is good. That's good and it's true. I mean, how many times have I had a guest on my show that has said, as an entrepreneur, as a CEO, you have to know every single aspect of your business. No matter how much you hate QuickBooks, which I really do, <laughs> Blythe, I hate <laughs> doing my accounting. I just hate it. But the thing is, you have to force yourself to do it so that you can do it right the first time. And when you hire somebody, you can hire them to do it, but... If they have a question or if they make a mistake, it's so much easier to pick up on it. What do you think about that? You know what? I think that's great. And I'll tell you something else, too. You hate QuickBooks. I don't use QuickBooks anymore. I used to. But I found no matter what I have to do, whether it's business-related, whether it's something in the house, I always try to do the thing that I hate the most first. So I'm finished. So I know everything after that. Maybe I don't like to do it so much, but you know what? Like I, I would do QuickBooks first if that's what I hated the most for that day. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great idea. So the hiring process, but I think a lot of frustration with a lot of people that start their own businesses is at what point can you make the decision to hire? I mean, we're coming up on another break. Um, in just a few seconds here, but maybe we can talk a little bit about that. I know um, as your business starts to get bigger, at what point do you say, okay, I cannot handle it, this anymore. It's time to hire as opposed to perhaps outsource. I think that's so the everyone, biggest mistake. 
Yep. So stay with us, everyone. We have Blythe Lippman with us today, and we will be right back. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi, right after these on toginet.com. get a contact high? Tune in for fun, inspiration, and motivation every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Learn how to maximize your mojo and just say no to the status quo. Get inspired and motivated by a fun-loving coach who knows what it's like to get through this thing called life. With your high on life coach, Audra Irwin, each Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time and 12 noon Eastern, right here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Girlfriend It is on Toginet, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, with your hosts, Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The Girlfriend It principle was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out GirlfriendIt.com and then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to them like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. Everyone, it's Josephine here, and I have Blythe Lipman with us. So, Blythe, as we were saying before break, one of the hardest things about running a business is, um, I guess, the fact of hiring employees. I think that it's so hard to get that balance. And what I've learned personally with my Glovies is that. Because I work from home, it's just so much easier sometimes to outsource whatever you cannot do or whatever you don't want to do or outsource something that if you can find somebody to do something better. For example, graphics design work. That is just not my cup of tea. I was never trained in the area, so I do outsource all of that. But at a certain point, I know... Glovies is probably going to become so you know so much bigger that I'm probably going to have to hire somebody you know to do that on staff a staff graphics designer but it really is a tough thing to figure out at what point does somebody want to do that well and you know what you I'm sure you'll need a sales staff eventually but I have to tell you what's interesting is you 
when you have a company, it's your baby and you know what you know about it better than anybody else. And I have to tell you, I know somebody that had a wonderful, wonderful business and refused to hire anybody to help because everybody loved him and he was great at the business and, and he it was an office supply business that did filing cabinets and all that kind of stuff and his customers absolutely loved him and he was afraid to hire anybody because he didn't think they could do the job that he could do and you have to know when you can afford it number one and when it will help you grow your business if you get somebody to help you whether it's just one salesperson you know if you sell if, like for Glovies, if you pick up somebody that visits, you know, maybe doctor's offices and, and sells something else to help them, that have, they have a couple lines. Although a lot of things are online, too. That's the other thing. As far as sales staff goes, I, you know, we do so much online that you have to figure out, I guess what I'm saying, Joe, is that you have to figure out where your money is best well spent. And you can't do it all yourself because yeah, you can't do I it agree. well. You just right. can't do it well. You can't do everything. I agree 100%. But the whole idea that the Internet has changed everything so much, yeah. I mean, it's amazing to me that Glovies are now being sold on Amazon.com as opposed as well as Glovies.com. But I, I'm telling you, I could not believe the minute I put Glovies on Amazon, I was getting orders from all over the place. Anchorage, for God's sake, people were right. buying gloves from Anchorage, from nursery schools, from all over the place. That it's amazing that I didn't have to hire a sales force to go out and get those clients. So, you know, things are just changing so much. But getting back to what you had just said about your friend who was afraid to hire somebody, here's a really good quote from this article. It says, simply put, your people are your brand. You wouldn't want to do devalue your brand. So don't skimp on the quality of the employees you hire. He was probably so afraid of giving up his brand because his brand was him. But the right. idea is you really don't give up your brand if you hire really good employees. And that was one of the best tips I was given was that you have to hire people and pay them as much as you possibly can. Like, don't look to save a dime because if you do, it'll come back to bite you in the long run. Oh, it's so true. And you know what I like when I've hired people for schools and I've hired teachers, I love to do role play. I think it's important to do role play. You know, customer and salesperson, teacher and parent. So you can actually see, and I, you know what, I take it one step further. When I tell parents if they're going to hire a babysitter or a nanny, role play and give them worst case scenario and see what they say. And if it's not what you want, whether it's business, babysitter, nanny, preschool, if, if it just doesn't feel right, we have great intuition. You know, keep looking. Yeah, that's smart. <laughs> I agree with you 100%. So, um, all right, number two in this article, do not surround yourself with juniors. The common denominator with most small businesses is lack of cash flow. Sometimes this can be a recipe for a hiring disaster because your inclination is to bring on a junior level person with little experience because you can get them at the perfect price. Well, you get what you pay for. Oh, my exactly. God, I have a horrible example of this blight. <laughs> In the beginning stages of Glovies, I decided to do a huge mailing. I was sending out probably about 100 
marketing kits to corporations. And the marketing kit included colorful, multicolored um, stickers, folders, all of the press that I had um, received at the time on all the custom cardstock. And let me just tell you, every single package costs about $10 just for the material that we sent in. And I hired a young girl from Starbucks who was an amazing employee. She was very sweet and everything. But the problem was she was getting up at four o'clock in the morning. By the time she came to work for me in the afternoon for three to four hours, she was completely shot. And one of the mistakes she made was when she did the mailing, she did not put enough postage on the envelopes. Blythe. Oh, no. (laughs) The following week when we went to make follow-up phone calls and nobody received the packages, I could not believe it. Do you know how much that entire mailing had cost? And she looked at me and she said to me, well, don't worry. I, I'll do it again. And I was like, you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. So that was my big lesson learned. Do not surround yourself with juniors. So No, you know I, what? And they are nice and they... Whatever the job is, it has to be appropriate to whoever you're hiring. And that's why I always say role play and and check on them. You know, that's the other thing. You know, you can have a wonderful interview with somebody and they're great. And then you just kind of let them go and you don't, you get busy and you don't exactly check everything. You have to check every single thing that everybody does. And I have to say, As far as sending things out to people, tell me what you think. I think less is best because people don't have time to read. And yeah. I know I used to send newsletters and I used to send a whole bunch of stuff out to people. And I, right. and finally I thought, you know, I'm not going to read 10 things. So I'll just send a couple or the most important. And, you know, we learn as we go along. And I well, do have to give, it is. Yeah. I have to give I, Glovies the plug here because I think every preschool should have Glovies. I think the doctor should have gloveys, and I'm so every time I go in a restroom, I think there ought to be a gloveys dispenser in the public <laughs> restrooms because I see these kids. You know, they look under your stall or they're touching the floor, and the poor mom's yelling at them, "Get your hands off the floor!" And anyway, just a little plug. Ah, uh, thank you, Blythe. That's so funny, but uh, it really is so true. Um. It's so funny. Every time I go into the public restroom, what do you hear? It's three words. Do not touch. So, yes, you're so right about that. But, um, all right, let's go on to tip number three that they have here. What not to do when growing your company. Do not rob Peter to pay Paul. Handling and allocating expenses is really tough for a small business owners. It's very easy to lose track of where your money is going. Why? Clients don't always deliver according to your cash flow plans. So this is a perfect time for us to say, Blythe, going back to what you had said earlier, now everybody knows you just don't send as much as we did years ago. So when I was sending those marketing kits, that was probably about seven years ago. So now 
most of the time I just email or send a tiny little package or just they just want to see the product. I just send Glovies with a, a handwritten note and then follow up with the phone call. But this is so, so important. The fact that um, don't take money from Peter to pay Paul, the handling and the allocating of the expenses. Blythe, I mean, what do you think about that, about really keeping track of your money? Because nobody else is going to keep track of your money like you will as a business owner. I have to say for myself, being ultra-organized, crazy type A personality, I write everything down. And I, for me too, I constantly check online. If I have things that have to do with money, I constantly make sure I check every day because with all the, all the information being taken and, you know, people that are just stealing your stuff, I keep track of every single thing and I write it down. And once a week I look at everything and I see where I put my money and, you know, I try to figure out if I, did it the way I wanted to for the week. I think you have to constantly check and write it down. Yeah, I think that's important. And I also recently read in an article that um, as a business owner, every single night before you go to bed, this is what the guy did. He checked that bank account to make sure that everything was in line and he knew exactly how much money he had and how much money had to go out. So That's what I do. That's what I do every day. It's not at night because I'm tired, but that's yeah. what I do every day. But I do think that that's so, so important. Okay, we're coming up on another break real soon. But before we do that, let's just go to tip number four here. Do not take a project just to make a paycheck. Oftentimes, as small business owners, whether you work alone or have employees, we stress about payroll, vendor payments, bills, and more. Then, the perfect client prospect walks through the door. Why perfect? Because he has money. I can tell you from firsthand experience that this is just because he can pay. Does not mean the business will be profitable. In fact, the wrong client can cost you much more time than money. I think that that's so important to be careful who your clients are. What do you think about that, Blythe? You're going to spend all this time on somebody just for the paycheck, but it's not going to do what you want. I think you have to have the game plan ahead of time. And I think you actually have to write down three or four questions when you get a new client and see if it answers, you know, is this person going to help me? Why am I going to use this person? Whatever it is, I think you need the questions because I know when you go, you know, when you go to get a business owner to buy your product, the first thing they say is, how is it going to help me? Yeah. So I think think we all need to say that. I think that's a great point. Okay. Everyone hang with us and we will be back shortly with paying it forward. Thanks everyone. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi right after these on toginet.com. Are you ready to start rocking that woohoo 
that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woohoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boohoo and turn it into woohoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Do you want to get a contact high? Tune in for fun, inspiration, and motivation every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Learn how to maximize your mojo and just say no to the status quo. Get inspired and motivated by a fun-loving coach who knows what it's like to get through this thing called life. With your high-on-life coach, Audra Irwin, each Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time and 12 noon Eastern, right here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on toginet.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here, and I have Blythe Lipman with us. So before break, we were talking about how important it is not to take a project just to make a paycheck. And this great article um, has four tips here. It says, when meeting with new clients, it's important to look for the warning signs such as, number one, do they appear high maintenance or require a lot of hand-holding? Gosh, we know if we end up with a client that just constantly is calling us all day and all night, sometimes, you know, the ticket, the price tag that we actually pay can be twice or three times the actual price that we thought we were originally signing up for. What do you think about that, Blake? Oh, it's so true. I mean, honestly, you can't just cater to one client. One customer, you can't. I mean, you have to have your time as such so you can do a little of everything. And and you can tell from the beginning. And if you can't, here's the question. What if you can't and the person calls you every hour? Did you do this? Did you do this? Or when are we going to get this done? Or I'm nervous. Then what do you do? Yeah. When you're stuck. I I agree. Okay. Number two, they say... You have to ask yourself before you take on that new client, do they really understand your business or do they need too much education? Do they really get what your business is all about? So number three here, Blythe, I'll just do three and four and then we'll get your feedback on it. 
Um, as far as the clients go, did they have issues with another vendor that is making them switch to you? Boy, oh boy, that's a great question to know the answer to before you take on a new client. And question number four, are they asking for something beyond your core competencies? So, all right, those are the four tips, Blythe. What do you think? No. <clears throat> I, again, I, especially women, I think that we have that sixth sense and we can sort of size somebody up. We're not always right, but sometimes we can size them up. And I think the number one question you have to ask somebody that's a new client is, what do you want to get out of doing business with me? Oh, yeah, that's and, a great question. And I think the answer will tell it all. You know, I want, if it's I want to make money, but I don't care what you sell. I mean, they're not going to say that, but you'll be able to see. It will give you lots of hints, and then you need to set up. This is how I do it. We can have one phone call on Wednesdays, and I will tell you what, or I'll send you an email twice a week and tell you what the progress is. I think you have to be, you have to be in charge. While well, yes, they're the client, and yes, you have to cater to them. I still think you have to set up something as far as balance with communication too. If you do get that person that needs the extra handhold and you have to make it work for both of you. Absolutely. But as business owners, we always have to keep in mind that time is money. So if you have a high maintenance client that's going to suck you dry of all of your time, well, guess what? You're going to see some major loss in your profits. So be very, very selective with the clients that you take on. Right. Think long term. Exactly. Think Think long term. So, Blythe, I know you had some really good tips about people who might actually have brick and mortar stores. Did we want to discuss some of that? You know what? I I do because we're all consumers and we I you know and we all go in a store sometimes. Yes, we shop online a lot of times, but we do go have to go into the grocery store or other places. And I know that I always wonder who trains some of the people and I will the first thing that I have to say is if you have a brick and mortar store and somebody and you have a customer and they ask you where something is don't point over there it drives me nuts say let me show you where it is or if, if you're busy just say let me get somebody to show you where it is because customer service is the name of the game there's so many stores of the same kind you want people to come back to your store um, the other thing is people like things. I was, I was talking to Josephine and telling her about my grandfather who had a shoe store for, for 60 years. And he, he had, they used to give away matchbooks at that time. People smoked, you know, it was years ago. And on the back of the matchbook, his tagline, which he didn't call it a tagline, was it's nice to be nice. And he was nice to everybody. And he had Buster Brown shoes and, and SAS shoes. It was a family store, and he had rocking horses for the kids, and he had that little x-ray machine that they used years ago that probably had lots of radiation they didn't know to put your foot in. <laughs> he used to give all the children, he would go to, to Philadelphia to the, we went to this big warehouse, and he would buy little little gifts to give out to the children. Um, he had his special customers that he would give a box of candy to once a month. Wow. And, <clears throat> he had, you know, he had two and three generations come in because he took the time to get to know his customers. And I see sometimes in the stores, as I'm sure you see, you know, I think, number one, train your employees to be nice. 
train your employees to know the customer's always right. If somebody comes in with a complaint, don't fight with the customer. Customer's always right, always right, always right. Put that on your employees' heads. I'm not <laughs> kidding because even if they're wrong, they're right. And I've had people that try to pick a fight with me and I will look at them and say, you know, I think I'm the customer and let's figure this out. Don't ever argue with a customer. Yeah. You know, try to work it out. And if you can't, don't be afraid to ask the manager if you're not the manager. The other, you know what's funny about that, Blythe? I think we spent so much time on our computers, and the younger generation sure does, that everything is via text, Instagram, you know, email, that they probably, you know, when you hire a new young employee, I think the social skills are, I don't know, is it? Is this terrible for me to say, Blythe? I feel like the social skills aren't there the way that they were when we were growing up. Whereas we were, I don't know, not everybody. I'm just saying that um, the idea that the customer is always right was just a given to us back then. It, it was, was respect. It was respect. It was something that we would never question or doubt. Whereas nowadays, you're 100% right. I can't tell you how many times I've gone into a store or better yet, in a restaurant that we are paying so much money to have a nice meal with our family. You know, a family of five, it's always, it's never less than $100. You walk in, at least you should have a courteous, you know, waiter or waitress. That's just my take on it. So, well, you know, it's training and again, role play. I, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's a store, I think you role play, be a difficult customer and see how the person reacts to you so they can kind of see or, or switch it up. You know what? Let them just switch it because I think you're right. They don't, it's the training. And I think you need to have meetings once a week. And I think you need to, the other thing on the other side of the coin, if you have employees let them know if they are unhappy with something, they can come to you and listen. It doesn't mean you're going to do what they want, but, you know, we all want to be appreciated. We all want to be heard, and maybe something's bugging them, and you're not going to know. They're going to tell everybody else, you know, where they work, but they're not going to tell the person, the manager, the owner. That's, that's the important person to know. Also, yeah. I have to this – is, this is really important. If you're not – happy with something where you work, especially for the younger employees, do not put it on Facebook. Yeah. You're so right about that, Blythe. Oh, my God. To bash your boss. I mean, it's that's – they'll see it. And you know what? It really you, – it's going to be hard to get another job. Yeah. And you know what's just so scary about social media is that we as adults know that whatever you put down, you – really can't take back and I just what frightens me is that the young kids today do they really understand the magnitude of that you know I don't I think they, they don't and they're young and um, I know with my children with my son CJ who has a phone who is texting you know we have a rule in our house that he must read the text twice before he hits the that send button and before he hits that send button he's got to know number one i check his phone so i do know what's set, being sent out but not only that 
for him to make sure that if he was receiving that text, are you sure that that's not hurting somebody's feelings or they're taking it the correct way? That's so important because the voice on social media, whether it's an email or text or whatever, sometimes the voice gets mistaken. I mean, you somebody's yeah. going to think you said something you didn't. That's so important. You're a good mom. Good mom, good business owner. Everybody buy gloveys. <laughs> well, we're trying. So, Blythe, with just two minutes left to our show, can you do me a favor? Can you please tell my listeners all about your radio show so they can tune in? Because by this point, I think everybody knows Blythe goes on live right after me, <laughs> right after paying it forward. But tell us about your book and tell us. Tell my listeners how they can get in touch with you if maybe they want to hire you as a consultant, if they just had a new baby, or they need some some great advice. Help, my baby came without instructions. Help, my toddler came without instructions. Those are my two books, and there are instructions, and I'm a baby toddler expert coach, and you know, for things as simple as what do you, how do you take, how do you give the baby a bath, or what do you do if you can't get them to sleep in their crib, and my guest on the next hour is a chiropractor and he's actually going to talk about how going to a chiropractor can help with ear infections and a lot of other things so um, if you're if you have the time please tune in next stay on here and listen you'll have a few minutes to go get some coffee or wherever you are something to eat and you can you can call my office at 480-510-1453 to hire me as your coach I do online I do in home in Arizona and I love what I do, just like Josephine does, and but you need gloveys too. Great for new <laughs> babies for changing diapers. Well, oh, you're right. But thank you so much, Blythe, for being a fun. guest on Paying It Forward. You know I love your book. Your book is amazing because as a sleep-deprived mom, you just have to pick up that book and you have a list of what you need to do and you can read it for five minutes and you walk away. It's one of those books, Blythe, that, you know, when I had it – I couldn't call my mom at three in the morning, but I had your book there. And that was the same kind of comfort that you get, like, you know, that you're talking to your mom. So great book, great guest. Thank you for being a part of Paying It Forward. And um, to all my listeners, I will see you next week. So have a wonderful and productive week. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for being a part of Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on Toginet.com. This show is dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. Each week we'll be discussing accomplishment, 